Have you ever thought about your rights and freedoms regarding your money and its impact by legislation from all levels of government? Welcome to the Information Edge with your host, Darren Yancey. Darren has over 40 years of experience in key sectors of the economy, and he's been knee-deep in politics for over a decade. He's going to get into detail on these sectors, the politics surrounding them, what they mean to you, and how you can protect yourself and be involved. Now, live from Texas, your host, Darren Yancey. Hi, folks. Hope you're having a wonderful weekend. Uh, We had a little bit of storm coming through Texas last night. Today, it is gorgeous in the upper 70s. There's no humidity, which is rare in this part of the woods. And more importantly, you can walk outside and not be blown away. We had some strong wind earlier, but we're doing fine. I hope the weather is treating you well where you're at. Welcome to the Information Edge podcast. I'm Darren Yancey. I'm your host. We talk about a lot of different topics, but I also spend a significant amount of time on trucking and logistics for a reason. Um, and, I, and I'm on a lot of different uh, trucking shows that we talk about it. And my reason is I've been in it for a long time from an insurance standpoint. Almost 30 years ago, I started insuring trucks, long haul, short haul, tow trucks, and things of that nature. And when you get good at it and you kind of understand it and you stay with it, you start to know the people in the industry and the things that they go through. One of the things that COVID exposed last year um, was just how important trucking was to the logistical supply chain. What people don't understand is we've got a lot of problems that go through. So trucking leads to logistics. Logistics is shipping. It's trains. It's all kinds of stuff. And right now we've got a problem where we have a lot of ships out at bay, specifically in the Los Angeles Harbor, just sitting there. And California's not doing anything. And it's a problem. So the question is, are we going to let California and the commies And I say commies, I'm talking about the communist people that are running California, not the citizens. I think the citizens are good people. I think they've been getting hoodwinked and flim flammed and cheated. And I think they're aware of it. And I hope they can fix that. But I'm also talking about the communists in China that are sending stuff. And right now, all those little things are sitting out there. Are we going to let it cancel Christmas? Now, I say that with tongue in cheek, because if you're a Christian, you do understand it's not about the toys. It's not about the commercialization. It's about the birth of Christ. So when I put that out there and I type it, I got a little bit of cranes going, yeah. okay, I'm going to put it out there for fun. But realistically, you can't cancel Christmas. You just can't. So really what I should have said, are we going to let the commies and the Californians cancel the commercialization of Christmas? which is getting all your goodies out there. That probably would have been a more appropriate title. And the question is, how do we get there? Is there a process of what we can do to reverse it long-term? And is there any short-term solutions that we have with the current crisis? And the answer is yes. I'm going to get to them later in the show. I'm not going to do them right out because we need to understand a process. And I think more and more Americans are becoming aware of that right now. But the process is we didn't get to that log jam of all those ships sitting out there at sea overnight. Why are all those ships sitting out there? First, there's the first question. Well, because we're importing goods. Okay. There's the first question. Why are those ships out there? Well, when you're importing a lot of your goods, you rely on the shipping channels. You rely on the ports and stuff. Now, so there's the first question. How did we get away from being made in the USA in the first place? And this is not an easy answer. It's not a new answer. This goes back several decades. We actually go back into the late 60s, early 70s, once some of these started coming out. Now, I didn't 
I hadn't blogged for this month. I've been very, very busy, and I apologize for that. I'm getting a lot of emails. I am going to have the newsletter coming out here in a couple of weeks in the middle of September for the fourth quarter. But I went in and I pulled out because there's really one that's appropriate. If you go back to April 6, 2020, I did a blog called How We Got Away from Made in the USA. And it really, it's appropriate for today's show because to understand where we are, we have to understand how we got there. And to understand how to fix it, we have to understand what caused it to not replicate it again in the future. It's a very, very important point. The first thing that we have to understand is the rise and fall and perhaps the rise again of labor. Okay. Um, Right now we're in a labor war where labor has said, "Mm, I think I'm doing a great reset on my career. I think I want to do something different. This was all obviously caused by COVID. People had, they were locked down. They allowed the government to lock them down and they made those choices. But a lot of people said, I think I might want something else out of life. So there's one aspect. Then we're having employers following an unlawful federal mandate on vaccines. And you heard me right. I said it's unlawful. I've done prior shows on that, so I'm not going to go back and regurgitate that. But the bottom line is we've got employers that are following it and they're having backlash. There's people that are walking off in by the millions. Okay, it's having an impact. Now, if you go back a couple of uh, decades, the rise and fall of labor has always been uniquely tied to it. And the automobile industry was the leading sector because what happened was the labor unions, they kind of got a little overconfident and they started, we'll say, unfairly negotiating with management or maybe unreasonably negotiating with management. You do have to allow a company to make a profit. And management started taking things and they started taking away from these the automation. Okay. Uh, I think the collective bargaining agreements was basically, even though labor says it's in their best interest, I don't think it was because I think it locked them into some situations. Right now, labor in the United States has went from being in a decline to now labor controls the market. When you have four and five million people walk off the job, when you have people in the food service industry, they're walking off the job because they say they're not making them enough you've got a labor problem. Right now, if you want a job, there's a job out there. And I would highly encourage people to be looking for employers that are willing to work with you on your terms, i.e. if you don't want to be getting vaccinated, there's a way to do that, which by the way, and I'm going to bring it up, even though I did a show on it, first time someone asks you about your vaccine status, you need to tell them that there's a law called HIPAA and that is illegal for them to request your medical records. That's your information. Joe Biden, no active, unless they go back and make HIPAA dead and defunct, it's still out there. I don't know if Joe knew about that when he made that mandate, but it's out there. And there's this thing called the 14th Amendment. So you do have rights, but we recognize sometimes that to enforce these rights, you got to get lawyers or maybe you don't have time for lawyers. Maybe you don't have the money for lawyers. You got to do what you got to do. Okay. Well, I will tell you, there's an alternate economy developing right now of the non-vaccinated. And it's much larger than people realize. And the vaccinated economy, I don't think is as large as people say it is. And those employers are getting hit. So labor's got power right now. Specifically, if we look at the situation that's going out in the ports, the longshoremen have the power. Okay. The longshoremen have fought for years automation on the L.A. docks, which, by the way, I understand that. And, and I support it. I don't have a problem with it. I would rather have people working than a robot doing stuff. 
Having said that, if you've got a increase in influx of ships coming in that your normal X number of hour shifts cannot cover, then if you want to continue to have that luxury of people there versus automation, then you need to be busting your hump to go in and increase your labor people, i.e. longer hours, more folks, whatever it takes, because at some point you're going to put the other side of the equation in a position where they're going to have to automate and replace you because you forced them to. Don't force them to do that. Now, we're going to talk about a solution that's a human-based solution later in the show on the ports. But right now, make no mistake, part of what's happening is we have a problem with the longshoremen not wanting to do more. It's a union issue. They pushed hard back on President Biden to, you know, hey, this is a union issue. Stay out of it. We want to go through. And he screwed over a lot of unions on the way getting here. I guess for whatever reason, he doesn't want to screw this one over. I get it. I get it. They don't want to be replaced by machinery. I don't want them replaced by machinery. Having said that, if you're a longshoreman and you're sitting on your ass and you're not getting up and helping that supply chain, you're part of the problem, not, not part of the solution. Become part of the solution. Get more people out there. Extend your hours. Now, that's a union issue, and they're going to have to work that out. But I will tell you, this is going to come to a crux very quickly where the longshoremen are either going to be given an opportunity to be a part of that solution or they're going to have people in government positions that are going to push them out of the way because the demand is simply going to be to the point where they won't have a choice. So that's one of the issues that we have. Here's another issue that we have in labor. And I keep hearing, well, there's there's not enough truck drivers and there's not enough this and there's not enough that and blah, 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 blah. It's the truck driver's fault. That is a lower, that's a load of equine fecal matter. Okay. It is not the trucker's fault. Now we're fixing to come up on a hard break on commercial, but we're going to get into what the state of California has done in the last few years and this what's happening now is our, our unintended consequences when government instead of being see there's this thing called our economy and our economy is supposed to be a free market economy and in a free market economy the government sets the rules here's your boundaries to play in and the free market participants play the game and the government is the referee and if someone makes a foul they flag them penalize them, do whatever needs to be. But government doesn't become a player in a free market economy. And right now, what we have on both, it really in many levels, I've seen it on city levels, county levels, state levels, this is one of them, as well as federal, where the government is not just the referee setting the rules. They're a participant playing the game against free market players. That's a problem. But that's a problem that you and I could take back. We have to do it at the ballot box. We have to do it with emails. We have to do it with phone calls. We have to do it with getting on websites. We have to do it with our participation, with our capabilities as a human being, voicing our opinions to get it out. If we don't do it, then the results are what we're starting to see. We have far too much government involvement in our lives right now. And I think the nation and possibly the globe, I, I'm hearing and seeing a lot of the same things all around the world. We've got people that are going, you know, we got too much government. We got to take it back. And they're trying to take it back in a peaceful manner. I don't know if the government's going to let us do that, though. You know, I don't want it to come to blood and bullets, but it could. And the question is, if it did, can you participate or do you, are you going to sit on the sideline? And I'm not asking you to answer that, but I'm asking you to think about that. But the reality is we've got problems. 
not unsolvable. So we're going to take a hard break here in about 30 seconds. going to pay some bills, get some stuff. When we come back, we're going to start going into specific issues that in California that are unintended consequences that are impacting us all. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. We'll pay some bills. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to the Information Edge podcast. Uh, we're talking today about not letting those commies and California commies cancel the commercialization of Christmas. And I say that tongue in cheek because, as I said earlier, if you're Christian, you can't you can't cancel Christmas. But unfortunately, a lot of folks have gotten away from uh, the real meaning of it. And hopefully we can get them back to it. So but you, you still need goods and services. You still need things. You know, hey, if your, your car needs a chip, you'd like to buy a new car. You'd like to have a chip for it. You'd like to have some stuff and it's not coming in. It's a problem. So we were covering how we got here in the first place. And I, I didn't finish that. I know I promised we'd go to California. We're going to get there. But we need to go a little bit more on how we got to this process because we talked about labor, the rise and fall, and what I call now the rise again of labor. That was one of the components of what caused people to start moving manufacturing away. When labor got very, very powerful, manufacturers started moving away. We had it happen in the 70s. We had parts of the automobile industry go to various countries, okay? In the 90s, when the Clintons set up China and the International Monetary Fund, it was set up so China could grow. What we didn't realize was that that tiger was going to do slave labor to go in and create ultra cheap products and goods. And we moved manufacturing. I I didn't do it. I didn't want to do it. But that thing called NAFTA that was signed, it was there was a reason Ross Perot said it was a huge sucking sound. It was one of the worst bills ever. Okay. And it decimated and was a legacy bill for others to follow to move manufacturing. And that's when the that's when labor started to fall. Okay. Because it could be done cheaper elsewhere. And we should have what the politicians should have done rather than help China is we should have found a way to help our own. So, okay, guys, we got to get this worked out. You got some imbalances. I've got a country out here. You're at 1850 uh, an hour labor. They're at 50 cents. We got to get some imbalances. There's a thing called a tariff. That's right. A tariff. It's a tax. President Trump bought it in, got billions of dollars from China to bring that up to help American companies. That's what it's there for. It's a tool in the political toolbox of trade. But we had politicians stabbing us in the back for decades, talking about, well, we can't do that in the interest of free trade. What they were really saying out of their mouth is, hey, I'm getting a monetary slush fund kickback when I send this money over. I'm not going to save it just so you can have a job. I would have appreciated the honesty of it. Okay. So that's one of the things that happened. We started shipping stuff away. We started manufacturing away. And as we started moving our manufacturing base away, we weakened the labor pool. Okay. We weakened our manufacturing pool and we become reliant on other countries. China is a major provider of U.S. products and services in the consumption chain. Now, under President Trump, that was starting to reverse, and we can still reverse that. It doesn't stop under Joe Biden, even though Joe Biden is not following the policies of President Trump. You can still bring back manufacturing. You can still increase labor. Now, labor right now has got the upper hand because for whatever reason, these people have walked out. And I know they're not getting federal benefits. I know they're not getting state benefits. So I'm hoping either had a good nest egg built up or one of the spouses working. I hope this plan works because we need to stop the unlawful mandate. But hopefully, 
people say, well, let's, let's, let's work out more with labor. The only problem, the only problem when labor gets too high handed is automation comes in. We, we already, we saw it in the automobile industry. We're seeing it in other industries. Hell, for, for, you go into McDonald's right now and they got a kiosk. They're trying to get rid of the, the guy that they're paying behind the counter. So you got to watch out for these things. Construction's another re, another area that we had uh, problems is if you go back to the fifties and sixties, they were 100% American crews. When we start allowing immigration where we had illegal immigrants coming in, okay, specifically from Mexico, and allowing them to undercut the, the trades, it started having a problem. That problem exists today. And Joe Biden is in violation of the Constitution with what he's doing. And it's not, by the way, for you folks in the trades, in your unions, and there's some good unions out there, uh, electrical, plumbing, there's some great unions out there, okay? And you'd put out good people. He's undercutting your union every day that he lets more people across the border. And it's his policy. If we had any congressional oversight, you'd have articles of impeachment to have him removed right now. And that might trigger a response. Oh, okay, I'll do my job. Or maybe they need to remove him. I could go for either or. Either do your job or get out. But right now, we're in the middle. We have none. But that's another factor that brought us here. Was we're not, we were letting people taking our labor away, moving stuff over. It's a problem. It's how we got away from being made in the USA and everything being made overseas and other places. The long term result is what you see outside of the Los Angeles Harbor. All of those ships sitting out there, because if we're making these things inside the United States or if we're doing a little bit of trade with Mexico, if we're doing a little bit of trade with Canada and bring some stuff in. OK, there's some there's some tit for tat for that. They've got some things we want on both sides. Then you know what happens? Those things are coming in by rail. They're coming in by truck, and we can handle those. Now, I know everybody will say, well, Darren, you've talked about trucking. It's got issues. Yes, it does have issues. But you know what? Those people are more – they're some of the most patriotic people on the planet, the American trucker, because they go and they drive godly un- sums of miles, have to go without bathing two or three days consecutively at a time to make a load, and they do it so that the American person – can have the American dream. I've talked with them. The, the, if the U.S. trucker stru- went on strike right now for all the problems that they have, they could literally shut this country down overnight. And they could do damage to it in ways that would take a long time to repair. And the reason they don't do it, they don't want to see the harm to the country. They put up with harms to them or they walk away from the industry. That's a problem that we've got to happen because right now, that's one of those, how did we get here? Okay, trucking was deregulated in the end of the 1970s, where you had a very steady, well-paid group of trucking outfits that kept us well supplied. Now, when we got unregulated, it brought good and it brought bad. It brought good because it brought a lot more competition in and we could take stuff well. And and boy, you had the rates go down and that's good as a consumer. It's bad if you're a trucking company because you just killed your profit margin. And maybe you can't compete. Maybe you paid a lot of benefits. Maybe you paid a lot per mile. Maybe you paid your employees more. And now these guys that are coming out there that are undercutting you, you can't keep those services. It's, it's, it, it's a double-edged sword. Okay. The good thing is we still have, we have over 3 million truck drivers, men and women on the roads of the United States that bring us goods and services. They're under a lot of, under a lot of uh, different types of state and federal, what I call regulatory onslaughts but nothing that can't be fixed. The problem that we've got right now from the trucker perspective that's hitting us how we are here today 
it really has nothing to do with the number of truckers on the road. Okay. What it has to do with what it takes to get a load and where they can go. You may have heard me use the term detention. Okay. Now I'm not talking about you after school, you had to stay because you said a curse word or you threw some dust at someone, whatever it was in school. In the trucking world, when I tell, use the word detention, what that means is that's where a truck driver pulls in to either get a load or to offload their freight and they got to wait and they got to wait and they got to wait, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And here's the problem until they usually have a couple of hours of detention, they don't get paid for that waiting time. So imagine you're an hourly employee and you're trying to move things around and you have to go to a job site and you have to basically sit around and suck your thumb for two hours. You don't get paid for it. You wouldn't be happy about it. And sometimes these attentions are seven, eight, 10 hours. Now they're getting paid some, but they're not getting paid the same of what they could do running the freight to other markets. So detention is a problem to pick up freight and to drop off freight. And California is having a massive problem in detention. It's not exclusive to California. Okay. But the problem with the longshoremen's not having enough people there and, and to be able to handle these loads, you've got truck drivers that have to come in and sit and sit and sit and sit and sit. Well, guess what? There's a point where they go, you know what? I'm not going to California. I can go run up and down the East Coast. I could go run up and down the Central Lines. I can even go up to the Upper Pacific. And I've got people that'll pick up my load. I've got people that'll load me up and I'm out of here in a reasonable time. Maybe I didn't make as much in theory as what I'd have made in California, but by the time I'm being efficient and getting things on, heck, I'm dollars ahead. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what's happening. The problem we've got is those goods and services that are coming into California impact probably half of the nation because it's coming from China because of the aforementioned items that I talked about. It's a problem. So when you have moved everything where it's all over the place, you're not manufacturing much anymore. You're relying on outside sources. And now it comes in and you got one labor force that went from being not in control to now they wield the power. They don't want to bring it in for automation. And you got another labor force that says, hey, I can bring you the truck, but I can't sit around all day. That's where all of these things collide. Now add to that little soup mix pent-up consumer demand, and now you understand why the trucks, excuse me, why the ships are floating out in Los Angeles Harbor, and we don't know how long they're going to be out there. They might be out there a month. They might be out there three months. We don't know. You see, for the truckers to want to come in, and there's another problem, and we're going to have to get to in the next segment, for, the, for more truckers to come in, we got to eliminate detention. To eliminate detention, we have to have more people there at the ports willing to work to unload. To have more people be at the ports willing to work to unload, we have to have cooperation with the longshoremen's unions to provide that labor. See where all this is going? Now, right now, you're probably starting to pull your hair out because you're going, I see this as a great big circle jerk. How do we break the chain? We're going to get to that. That's going to come in another segment. Right now, we're going to take a quick break, pay some bills. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. We'll be right back. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to the Information Edge podcast. I'm your host, Darren Yancey. We're talking about, are we going to let the commies and the California commies cancel the commercialization of Christmas? No, we're not, because there's ways to get around this. But it's important that you understand how we got here, because there's two solutions. There's a temporary short-term solution, but we also have to have a long-term solution, okay? Now, I've been describing how we got from where we used to be at one time to where we are today. And part of that process is now going into a little more detail on why the state of California has such a stranglehold on our supply chain, okay? Number one, obviously, it's it's proximity in terms of ocean going from uh, one continent to another, it's our shortest port between China and the United States. And that's why a lot comes, I think 40% of all goods and services come through the uh, LA Harbor. Um, then you got the rest spread out through the Southeast and up the, the Eastern seaboard, but it's, it's our biggest Harbor. Okay? And for a reason, because we're so reliant on China. Okay. So we got to change that, but right now we've got to figure out, well, why is all this breaking down? And I've talked about detention with trucking and Longshore Harbor. And you're going, oh, it's driving me crazy. But are there other reasons? Well, yes, there are. Okay. First off, California has some regulations on, it, it really does a lot that, that impacts trucking. And there's two particular laws in addition to the detention issue 
that are also impacting why there aren't enough truck drivers coming into California, even if we had all the longshoremen to get all the goods and services. Okay. Several years ago, California instituted a division uh, called the California Air Resource Board. And the California Air Resource Board, which we call CARB, okay, basically sets the standards for pollution control in the state of California. And, and I'll be honest with you, CARB does a pretty good job, okay? Um, but they also regulate trucking in terms of smog control. Now, I'll be the first to tell you that the diesel manufacturers are behind the wheel when it comes to MPG and pollution control. I, I I'll be the first one to come out and say that California having the smog problems that they do, they had to come out and say a certain number of years ago, Hey, look, we we're looking at your motors. We're looking at your engines. Um, we need to see some improvement here, or we were not going to let certain types of trucks come into California. Well, the manufacturers diddled around with it and they came out with what's called their, their standards for the diesel truck community. And so they started looking at manufacturers and your models that started having better emissions. So, California Resource Board started coming out. Well, if your truck isn't, if it wasn't built in, by this date uh, or, or newer, uh, unless you can prove that you've had the exhaust system um, modified to meet our standards, your truck cannot come into our state. Okay. Now, the current standard, I believe, is 2010. And if I'm wrong on that, please don't barbecue me. I didn't look it up. It's went from 98 to 2000 to 2003 to 2005. I mean, it, it, keeps, it keeps getting harder. And I think it's going to be changing to either 2012 or 2013 much sooner. Now, what does that mean to you and me? Okay. You go, well, Darren, what the hell does that mean? Here's what it means. If there is a trucking outfit and their trucks don't meet that CARB compliance, they cannot go into the state of California period. And the state has the right to regulate that. They can say, hey, it's a pollution issue. We don't want you here. And the feds can't override. They said mm, they, they put that on there. And CARB's been out there for a long time. Okay. It's not new. It has become more and more of an issue as of, race, as of late when we started having freight wars and freight rates dropped and the freight margins dropped and the profitability dropped for independent trucking firms. Cause you, here's what you guys got to understand. Okay. There's three roughly there's, there's between three and three and a half million truck drivers out there, probably a half million to 700,000 of them work for what I would consider large trucking firms. Okay. Your big, your big firms. I'm not going to name their names. The rest of them are either they're working for smaller firms, mom and pop firms, or they work for themselves. Okay. Your average truck today is $150,000 and up to get a new, what's called a class eight diesel truck. And that doesn't include uh, your trailer. A lot of people lease trailers because of the cost, but to get a new one, it's 150,000 bare minimum. That's kind of a bare bones unit and up. Now, bare bones is, is a very loose term. These trucks come very, very well equipped. But a lot of them are in the $200,000 range. So you're driving a house, okay? It's expensive. And in times where maybe someone doesn't have the credit, maybe they don't have the cash for the down payment, they can't afford a $200,000 truck. So they go out and find a $50,000, $80,000 truck. But that truck may be a 2010 or a 2011. In other words, it's an older unit. 
Okay. It is not uncommon to have a few million miles on these trucks. You have to understand they keep, you have to keep excellent maintenance on. Okay. At half a million miles, they're going to be rebuilding the motor. So someone goes, they see it with 800,000 miles. We had a rebuild at 750. It's going to keep on going. So there's a great deal of value that comes in this equipment. But the problem is from a smog emission standpoint, the state of California said, if your truck doesn't meet this, we don't care if it's a million dollar truck, it's not coming in. Now, what does that mean to you and me? It means anybody that couldn't meet that carb emissions requirement couldn't go into California. So you automatically exclude a segment of the trucking economy that could bring you goods and services. Okay. Now that was, and that's been out there for a while. Here's the other thing. California came out with a bill a few years ago called AB5. And AB5 was basically, it's a, it's a labor bill. And what it is, is designed uh, to root out independent contractors to force trucking or to force companies basically to hire them on as employees. Okay. Sounded like a great, a great idea. Uh, we're going to grow employers. You're going to get this. You're going to get this. And those, those daggum employers, they're going to they're pay their due because you're not getting enough as an employee. Now, I'm not saying some of that wasn't true, but I'm also saying that they, there were not a well-planned, thought-out, well, what happens if scenario, okay? What people don't understand is there's a, there's a reason that companies use independent contractors. They don't have to pay FICA taxes on them. They don't have to pay health insurance benefits on them. Uh, there's, there's just expenses they don't have to pay. As a self-employed person, I get to deduct more on my tax return. So there's benefits for me. It's, it's worked out. Well, what AB5 came out with was basically a, a, an independent contractor test, and two of the, the clauses were contradictory. And when they passed it, it had an immediate impact, not only on all independent contractors in the state, you heard about uh, you heard about what was happening with Uber and Lyft, but it had a dramatic impact on trucking. A lot of trucking companies that did a lot of sub, we, we, you and I would consider con- subcontracting, were contracting with independent drivers, they had to cut those off. They were not going to make them employees. They were not going to pay certain benefits, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So that reduced the number of trucks in California. So you got a CARB law, California Air Resource Board, that determines a year make and model that if you don't comply with that, you can't come in. And then California law AB5 comes out that further says if you don't meet these classifications, we're, you, know, you, you can't have them. Now, that law, AB5, has been modified to become what's called the PRO Act on a federal level. It was independent legislation that has failed. And right now they're trying to roll the PRO Act into this reconciliation bill. Now I've covered the PRO Act on prior bills. Go into my, if you go to Voice America, go to my library, you can go down, you can read about the PRO Act. The PRO Act was, is basically designed to unionize everything, uh, eliminate states' rights to have non-union, you know, to, to not have unions. Uh, it's, it's, it's got lots of problems. It would take 58 million Americans and immediately throw them into a state of flux as to whether or not they're going to have any type of form of remuneration from a job. Uh, it's a horrible bill. It's a horrible bill. And it's, I think constitutionally, it just, it, it won't pass muster, but that doesn't mean they won't try to pass it. So that's another reason on the reconciliation bill, but what's happened between those two bills. Okay. Before we had COVID 
before we had all this pent up consumer demand, okay, before all this stuff was catching up with us of uh, labor and manufacturing, all that stuff, we already had problems with goods and services being able to come out of the state of California because they put a restrictor on the number of truckers that could come in by the date of the unit they drove, age, I should say. And then they had a qualification come out that eliminated a lot of truckers because employers were simply not going to have them. So that existed prior to the conundrum that COVID has brought on. Now, do I think that the state legislatures of California intended to do put together the two cogs of the, the machine that is crushing the supply chain right now to intentionally hurt people? No, I don't think they did. I don't. But I think they're so brain dead in terms of running a cost-benefit analysis that they didn't sit down and look at, okay, well, if we do this, what happens to all those? Do, do we have, you know, how many trucks come in to our great state? And we, do we really know what the age is on? In other words, if we pass this car bill, how many trucks are we going to eliminate? And what's the cost-benefit analysis? If we pass this AB5 bill and we have all these independent contractors that lose their jobs and these guys don't hire them, what's the impact? None of those discussions were ever done. So guess what happens? Now you got ships floating out in the L.A. Harbor. And now you're starting to see how all of this comes together, okay? The legislative process has created both on a state level from overregulation, okay, and on a federal level for incentivizing crushing labor and farming out manufacturing. The nexus has now come to fruition. It's come to a head. Whether it started 40 years ago, 50 years ago, five years ago, it's all come to a head now in a supply chain crisis like we've never seen. Now, here's the real question. What is the Biden administration trying to do on a federal level to fix it? I haven't seen squat. And is uh, Alfred E. Newman in California, a.k.a. Gavin Newsom, is he doing anything to make it happen? I haven't seen squat from him. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you elect people to do your government. The government is to work for you, not vice versa. What is the California electorate doing to get Gavin Newsom to fix the problem? What is the U.S. electorate doing to get Joe Biden to fix the supply chain problem? We're going to talk about that in our final segment when we wrap up the show. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. Let's go have some tea. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. 
This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. Hi, folks. Welcome back to the final segment of the Information Edge. Let's do a little housekeeping before we go on. Uh, You can always follow me on social media, Gab, at DGYancey65. Follow me on Parlor. I don't do a lot. Of, I mean, I, I I post a lot. I don't follow a lot, but that doesn't mean I can't start. Uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn, Darren Yancey, uh, at Facebook at Information Edge. Twitter and I are in a battle. I, I you know I, I don't know if that I'm gonna go back to them even if we win. I I, I kind of like not being jacked with. I really like Gab. I know Gab has some some issues where people say, well, they let anybody come on and say anything. Yes, they do. It's called free speech. Okay. And it's either free or it's not. And if you don't like what those folks are saying, don't follow them. Don't pay attention to them. It's real simple. But we need to work on being freer on speech. You can also follow me on the website, informationedge.net or darrenyancey.com, which, by the way, they're the same thing. They go in. Uh, I've got who our sponsors are, which that's going to be changing. We're redoing a lot of stuff, getting ready for potential uh, broadcast on radio in the spring. It's got the blog. It's got all the congressional links, everything that we work in. Uh, anything that's that's current that I can keep up with in terms of pending legislation, although that's, I mean, I almost got to be like uh, you know a ninja on that one. It's moving all the time. Let's wrap up here with some solutions to what's going on because believe it or not, there are solutions. Now, I can tell you these solutions are not they're not my original ideas. Um, the problem is is they're not being implemented, and they're not being implemented because you and I apparently have not lit enough of a fire under certain people's derrieres. So let's talk about doing that, okay? First, let's talk at the most important cog right now in the supply chain, and I'm going to focus on the LA ports, and that's the Longshoremen's Union, okay? Now, first off, again, I'm not against the union. I get it. They don't want to automate because those are jobs, and I want them to keep those jobs, okay? At the same time, work longer shifts, go from 7A to 7P, Get more guys in there and make the ports pay the overtime because you know what? They're moving the freight. They'll have the money. So what's the first thing you can do as someone who's out here going, you know what? That's that's got my computer chips on it. That's got whatever I bought that they made from China. It's on it. I want it to come in. Call 
the local longshore union in California. You can look them up online. Now, don't be ugly to them, okay? But I promise you, if you start flooding their email, if you start flooding their phone system with, hey, guys, can, can, you, can you for a couple of months, could you go 24-7? Could you bring some more people in? You know, they're going to make more money, which means they're going to put it in into the economy, and you just spit it out. Be nice about it. But I promise you, if a few million calls come in to the Longshore's Union from, from consumers, they're going to go, oh, my God, we got a problem. That's the first place you start, okay? Second thing is, gentleman who governs the great state of California, Gavin, don't call me Alfred E. Newman, Newsom. Um, Gavin's got some responsibility here. This is his port, okay? He's got to come in and sit down with the, with the longshore and say, guys, we got a ne- bottleneck here. Let's work this out. What are we doing to get some solutions? He does not have enough fire under his fanny. He had a fire under his fanny when he was possibly being recalled. Okay. And he was coming out and doing all, all, all kinds of stuff. I promise you, if the folks in California and get remember, even though this is a California state environment that's causing this, this is having nationwide impact. Folks, if you're if that's your cargo out there, and I don't care if you live in Kalamazoo, I don't care if you live in Timbuktu, I don't care if you live in Anchorage, Alaska, I don't care if you live out on the East Coast. If that's your cargo, you've got a right to call Gavin Newsom and go, Gav, what's going on, brother? What are you doing to make this situation better? And again, light up the governor's office, flood their email, go on their websites, choke their websites with queries. What are you doing? Call their office. Call it so much where the switchboard basically passes out from, oh, my God, I can't answer the board. That's what it takes. And, of course, the final one, the current occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, the man we call Sleepy Joe and all kinds of stuff. And, I mean, yeah, yeah, let's go, Brandon, okay? I, there, what, what can you say about the conundrum that is Joe Biden? <laughs> but here's the thing. Biden, like any other politician, if he gets enough fire put under those old nappy, crinkly butt cheeks, he'll actually move. And you got to create the fire. Now, I'm not talking about literally burning things down. I'm talking about creating traffic to the WhiteHouse.gov site, Uh, queries to the WhiteHouse.gov, calling the White House and going, what is Joe Biden doing to fix the problem? You know what Joe Biden can do? If the longshoremen don't want to work 24-7, seven days a week, Joe Biden can act- activate the National Guard. And I go, why are we reading the National Guard? Hey, why are they sitting around the Capitol? Let's at least put them to work on something useful. He has the authority, as that port belongs to the United States, to bring in the National Guard to start helping logistics. Now, that's one part of the problem, okay? If they start moving it in, if they can reduce the detention problems, then we might get more trucks coming in. But there's one other thing that they've got to do. California has got to temporarily suspend its carb requirements as well as AB5 so they can get more trucks in to get those goods and services out. Once again, so when you call Gavin's office, say, hey, Gav, 
How about you suspend AB5? How about you guys suspend CARB for a little bit so you get some more trucks in there? You call Joe Biden, you wear them out. Between the two, we can make some differences. But it takes people making calls. It takes emails being sent. It makes choking website with queries. And I say this, but I'm telling you, it gets their attention. If three or four people call, they're not, they're going to blow it off. If millions contact them, oh, yes, uh, they notice. I'm telling you, they notice. Politicians, by nature, are cowards, just, just for the most part. And they fear, they actually fear the public. Hey, folks, they called a few hundred people walking around the, the, the Capitol on January 6th, hooting and hollering uh, that were Antifa disguised as MAGA people uh, as the most deadly event that has ever happened on American soil. That tells you how big a cowards they are, okay? So if they get several million emails and phone calls and website inquiries as to, you know, have you done this? Have you done this? You've done this? They, they listen. So it's up to you. Here's something else you need to do. During your purchases right now, and this is kind of hard, you got to dig a little bit, and you don't always get an option. I'm, I'm going to recognize that. But when you're buying things, Try to buy things made in the USA. If you can't get it made in the USA, can you get it where it's made in Mexico or potentially Canada? In other words, where it doesn't have to come by ship. Or is it something that could come by air? In other words, be a more educated consumer. Try to buy American wherever you can. I recognize you cannot buy as much uh, made in America as we'd like to. Okay. But buy American where you can. If you can't get it in America, try to get the nearest logistical country so that we don't add, continue to add to the bottleneck. Because adding to the bottleneck until we get some of these solutions implemented does not improve the situation. It just adds to it. So we need to be part of the solution as good consumers and not add to the problem. Now, this may mean you don't get everything that you want. Welcome to the real world. This may also mean that you have to pay a little bit more. That's okay if it's helping the USA, I would think. So think about this. When you're getting on Amazon and you're doing all this or you go out, look to see where it's made, especially the web queries. Where is it coming from? And you should be able to do some work. And if you can't, pick up the phone and call them. Hey, where's this stuff made? I want to know where it's coming from. All right, folks, we're out of time today. It flies by. You've been listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. I, once again, I, I want to make these messages informational, uh, educational, and somewhat entertaining because, you know, I'm a little bit of a wacky guy. And I'll be back next week with another message. Until then, have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the Information Edge. Please join your host, Darren Yancey, again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have more to share then.